You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 99. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and I am bringing you another incredible interview. Here we are on episode number 99. Today, our special guest is sharing how to build communities and connections that convert. So, Let's dive into that. But first, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I am your host, Monica Louie. I am a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. We are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And the week this episode is rolling out, we are having a major update when it comes to Facebook ads. It's actually the Apple iOS 14 software update that will affect our Facebook ads. And so if you want to stay in the know with what you need to do to be prepared to handle this major update that will affect your results and conversions and audiences that are reported through the ads manager, then you can join my free email newsletter, which you can find at monicalouie.com slash guide. When you join there, you will get my free Facebook ad starter kit as a bonus. All right. So today in relation to Facebook, we are chatting with Christina John Dolly. Christina is a confidence boosting cash creating business growth strategist who helps coaches and course creators build a raving fan base and produce scalable profits by hosting a free Facebook group. She's a self-made millionaire who started her business from ground zero during her maternity leave from her corporate job when she decided it was time to build her own dreams and not someone else's. She's since worked with thousands of entrepreneurs across the globe to create their own predictable cash flow machines. So today we are diving deep with Christina all about Facebook groups, including who should and who should definitely not start a Facebook group. Christina shares the first two things you must do before inviting anyone to join your new group. These two things are important. How to find the right people to join your group on autopilot. Plus, she shares some common mistakes people make when growing their groups, how to build engagement, and what to look for to know that your posts are resonating, even when you're not getting very many likes or comments, and why you should incorporate a Facebook group with your next live launch to increase sales. All of that and more in my interview with Christina. But before we dive in, I want to make sure you know that you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 99. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 99. All right. Here's my interview with the amazing Christina Jandali from deliveryourgenius.com. Hey, Christina, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Monica. 
All right. So I'd love to first, you know, your expertise is with Facebook groups and we're definitely going to dive deep into that today. But before we get to that, I'd love to hear how you got into building your own online business and how did you develop this expertise in Facebook groups specifically as well? Yeah. So I was actually, I was actually a really good employee for lots of years (laughs) and I worked in the financial space. And so my job was working as part of a wealth management team and we would manage and invest wealthy people's money. So they would come to us, whether it was cities or, or celebrities or, you know, affluent people in, in my community, they would come and bring us their, their money and their investments, and we will go and invest it for them. So I spent years working in that industry and I would have to get up at the crack of dawn because living in Vancouver, the stock market opens at 6.30 in the morning. And so by the time that my, you know, even though I had all everything checked off in my life, I had my husband, I had a you know, baby that was coming, I had money in the bank, I had the house, I had all the things that you think that you could want, right? All the boxes checked, but yet there was still a piece of me that felt like something was missing. Like I just had this hunger for something more and I had no idea what it was. And when my daughter was born, I remember you know, cradling her in my arms and just wanting all the world of possibility for her, for her to live her best life ever. And it really hit me that who was I to want that for her if I wasn't living that experience myself. And I made a commitment to her in that moment that I was going to pave the way of possibility. I was going to lead by example and show her what it was like for her mom, for a woman to, you know, unapologetically go after her dreams. And I'd love to say that was the moment that, you know, I started everything, but it actually took me a couple of years until my son was born before I actually finally hit go and got started. And it was almost through frustration in the beginning of things just not working, of trying to build my business and building my email list by, you know, one or two people at a time and not hitting my income goals and not have feeling like things were working that out of frustration, I really took a look at like, how did I create success before in my corporate life? And why was I struggling so much in my own business? And I realized that I was missing the relationships and the connection with people that I'd sent an email and it just felt really cold. Like who's on the other side of that email? Did they like it? Did they respond? What are they thinking? And I didn't know who was there. And I thought, well, how can I create those relationships online And that's when I realized I could do that with a free Facebook group. And so that first month I started my Facebook group. I had never hit a five figure month. I'd been trying and falling short. And that first month that I started my Facebook group, I made $30,000 like cash money received in the bank. And I was so blown away that I created that. I was like, wow, I'm really onto something. And within a few months, people started asking me, Christina, can you tell us what you're doing? Cause your group's growing like crazy and engagements through the roof and you're driving a lot of sales through your group. And that's when I started sharing with people how, how I created that success with my group. I love that so much. And I mean, going back to your story about the inspiration of leading by example for your kids, and that's definitely a big driver for me as well as being an example and showing my kids that you know, anything is possible. We can achieve our dreams as long as we're focused and determined and determined to overcome obstacles and any challenges that we may face. So I absolutely love that. And then building connections for sure. I mean, in this online world, everything can just seem so distant because everything is through a screen, but interacting and building those relationships with a Facebook group, I love that. So I'd love to hear more about you know, what are your strategies with who should have a Facebook group? Do you believe that everybody online should be building a community with a Facebook group and then touching on the difference between what is the functionality of a group give us as opposed to our Facebook page? 
Yeah. So I think let's start with, let's start with, you know, what is the, like, what's the functionality of the group versus the page? And I think that it's an important distinction to recognize. And sometimes it's hard to see like, what is, what is the difference? And so when you're looking at your social media platform, so if you're looking at your Facebook business page, if you're looking at your Instagram page, you're looking at, you know, your uh, clubhouse, you're looking at all these different avenues. It's kind of like your storefront, right? So people go and find you, they can get a quick glimpse of you and they make up their mind and make up that decision. Okay. Am I going to, do I want to know more about this person? Do I want to go deeper with this person? It's like that first impression and that first experience. So it's the storefront. It's like that window dressing. Your Facebook group, however, is where it's like, come on inside, right? Like come on inside the store, come in and on and try on the clothes that you're seeing. Come in the dressing room, try this on for size, see how it fits. It's like a digital living room that you're inviting people in. So rather than the storefront, it's it's this more intimate, connected place to hang out and to be in the experience together where you're hanging out. So that would be the, you know, the biggest distinction with them. Now, who should have a group? No, absolutely not. Everyone should not have a group. There's a few things that I think are important to recognize with who's right for a group. Number one is first off, if you do not like connecting with people and you want to stay multiple layers behind away from like behind the screen and away from people and not wanting to connect, create those authentic relationships and connection with people, then a Facebook group is definitely not the right next step for you. But I would say there's typically three types of people that are well-suited to start a Facebook group. They're number one, they're beginners and they're just starting out and they're not sure what to offer yet. And they use their, they have the capacity to be able to use their group to start cultivating an audience, bringing together a community and using that community to then do market research and source what it is these people want, what it is they're looking for so that you can create an offer based on the demand of your people. That's number one. The second type of person that a Facebook group is ideal for is someone that's making sales here and there in their business, whether they're selling their products and services and they're making sales here and there, but they find that they, they just could, they want to create more consistency. And oftentimes people that don't have consistency in sales is they don't have a warm pool of people that are already ready and hungry and ready to buy and creating a community gives them the space to be able to cultivate those relationships and have a pool of people that are already ready and desiring to per- to make that purchase or bought that buying decision. And then the third type of person that I would say a Facebook group is great for is someone who's already successfully running launches and successfully running campaigns. And they want to use a Facebook group to increase their conversions because connection converts and connection increases those conversions. And it gives an opportunity to have uh, that deeper connection with the audience to increase those conversions, to scale up their launches. That's great. Okay. So I love that connections convert. And that's so true. I know when I was first starting this business, it was because I had relationships in a Facebook group, not my own, but a Facebook group I was part of that building those relationships in the Facebook group first helped me to build those relationships with then my future clients. So, and get well-known in my space in that group. So that's been beneficial for my own business. So where do we start when we say, okay, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to create a Facebook group. What if we're starting from scratch? How do we begin to grow it and get word out? And of course, build the engagement. That's always a question as well. So where do you suggest we start when we're ready to commit to growing our own community in a Facebook group? Yeah, it's a great question. So when we're thinking about growing, getting started and growing your Facebook group, the first thing that we want to look at before we do anything, before we invite anyone there is there's two things that we want to do. We want to have 
uh, come up with a great name so that people see the name of the group and they know, yes, this is for me or it's not. And so the way that I typically like to create names is that it's speaking to someone who someone who their ideal client is or who they want to be. So the identity of that person, who they are today or who they want to be, or it's very much focused on the promise or the outcome of, of the group. And, and the naming is what allows it to be searchable for people to connect with. So that's the quick sort of first step. The next thing is we need to make sure we want to answer the question, what's in it for them. And you need to have something going on in your group that is of benefit to your ideal clients as to why they would want to join. And so this can be, you could do this multiple different ways. You can have a, you can upload a resource, a PDF, a checklist or something inside of the file section of your group. You can have just a pinned post in your group that is answering a top of mind question. So you want to have something that's juicy, just like you would have on your email list. You're bringing someone onto your email list. You're giving them a lead magnet of some sort or some piece of value in exchange for their name and email. You want to do the same thing inside of your group. So you've got a reason for people to join. Once you have the name of your group dialed in and you've got a reason for them to join because you've answered some sort of top of my question or give some sort of valuable training that your ideal clients are looking for, then you can start inviting people to come to your group. So when you're looking at invitations to your group, there's two types of ways to be going your group. There's passive ways and there's active ways. So passive ways for growing your group if you think about, okay, passive, it's like you set it and you forget it. You do it once and then you don't have to worry about it again. So, you know, I know many of Monica, many of the people that are tuning in are using Facebook ads, right? Using Facebook ads as a strategy to be growing their business. So if you're driving traffic with Facebook ads and people are coming in and they're opting in on your thank you page, right? When, after people opt in, you give them their free gift, you, you get to invite them to come to your Facebook group. So you're already creating the traffic. You're already getting them opting into your list. And so you're taking advantage of assets that you've already created and you're just making that invitation. So you can have passive ways on your thank you pages, in your emails, on your auto signatures. So you can put in multiple reminders on assets that you've already created that are inviting people to come to your Facebook group. You can put a button on your business page. You can have a button on your navigation bar on your website. So all the areas where you're already doing things, you can go and you can change a banner on your personal page. You're inviting people to come to the group. So that's passive. You do it once, you set it, you forget it, and then you don't have to think about it. What we want to do in addition to that is have active ways of growing your group. And active ways of growing your group means that you're putting effort out in order to produce the result. So active ways of growing your group would entail things like you could do a joint interview series where you're interviewing different people in your Facebook group and you're creating an experience, you're creating an event, and you're having people sign up for this and you're having them come in and they're joining your group on behalf half of that. You're doing these active ways. You can do personal outreach to your contacts. And oftentimes is a great place to start in the beginning is, okay, who am I going to invite in and making those one-to-one personal invitations to get started. And as we're going at scale, we want to be thinking about, okay, what are active ways that I can bring people into the group? You can drive traffic there and by hosting a challenge inside of your group and having people sign up for a challenge or another free experience and you're in actively inviting them to come into your group where the experience is going to happen. So you want to be maximizing areas with those passive methods that are already you 
utilizing assets that you've created, inviting people over, and then active ways where you're going out and making those invitations and actively generating traffic coming into your Facebook group. And once you dial these pieces in, Facebook is going to naturally start pointing your group to other people that are similar to your members. They'll say, hey, you might want to check out this group. It's similar, you know, because there's, there's recommended or suggested groups for you. So the more that you're continuing that continuous growth, Facebook is going to do the work for you and show your group to more people. Love that. Yeah. We like that pre-advertising from Facebook. <laughs> yes. Take it. <laughs> yes. So, and that, you know, and Facebook sees that you're starting to get that traffic and engagement. And so when people are joining your group, do you recommend having like a few of those, you know, questions that they need to answer to kind of demonstrate that they're relevant or that they're vetted to be part of your community, that they're, they're going to adhere to the rules. Do you recommend having a few standard questions like that? hundred percent. So there's three questions that you can ask. And then there's one just saying, do you agree to the rules? Absolutely. I think you want to have that. So I'll give you the three questions that you want to ask. Number one question is you want to have some sort of qualifier. So as a qualifier, it might be, for example, for me, when I'm going through a launch campaign, I will have a group and it will do like grow your group spring or grow your group fall. So I'm inviting people to come into the grow your group. Now that would be for people that want to grow their Facebook group. So a qualifier for me would be just a simple question. Like, do you have a Facebook group already? Are you looking to start one? Just asking not a heavy duty qualifying question, but a simple enough qualifying question to know, okay, like this person has an interest in the topic, the area. And, and, and so you want to have that qualifying question. The second question that you want to ask is going to be a question to be building your email list. So your second question you can ask, Hey, did you pick up my free resource on whatever your lead magnet is or whatever your opt-in is? Hey, did you sign up for X, Y, Z? If not, enter your email address and we'll send that to you. So you're able to use those pre-joined questions to be growing your email list. And you can make that invitation on there as your second question. Your third question is where you want to ask them, what is the number one question that you have as it relates to your area of expertise? So what's the number one question that you have as it relates to getting started with Facebook ads? What's the number one question you have as it relates to meeting the men of your dreams? What's the number one question that you have as it relates to getting your kids to read? What's the number one question that you have as it relates to uh, your Facebook group, right? So you're asking this question and what this does is so often people, when they're before, they, they want to ask for like a marriage proposal before they've asked people to date. And so before you have relationship equity or built rapport with someone, if you're asking someone, what's your biggest struggle? What's your biggest challenge? You know, people tend to get their back up like, whoa, like, Hey, I didn't even say I have a problem yet. And you're already thinking that, you know, want me to tell you that I have a problem. And so instead by saying, what's the number one question you have as it relates to this, typically people respond with their biggest challenge, like the thing that's standing in their way from reaching a level of mastery with the thing that you teach, the thing that you support people with. And so you get the answers to these questions and these now become the titles of your Facebook lives or title, subject lines on your emails. And it gives you now a reason to follow up with the person. It gives you loads of content ideas. And it also helps you get clear as to what are the stumbling blocks that your people are experiencing so that you can make sure that you can provide trainings and speak in to that in a way that lands with them. I really like that, that difference, that subtlety, because I've heard the, you know, what is your, we should be asking, what is your biggest struggle? What is your biggest challenge related to Facebook ads, et cetera. But putting it a little bit mildly, just having that little bit of a twist, people are going to be more willing to open up. And then you've got those great content ideas as well. And so 
speaking of content, then what should we be posting in our group? How do we build that engagement so that we're not the only ones posting so that we can get that community and conversation going? How do we get that, especially when we're starting at, out and it can feel like we're the only ones here kind of thing? How do you, how do we build that momentum? Yeah. So engagement is like, no one wants to be in the room all by themselves talking to themselves, right? It's like the biggest fear often going into it. (laughs) It's like, if I want people talking to me. And so you've got to make it easy for people to talk to you. And the biggest mistake that kills engagement in Facebook groups is overloading information of how to content how to do this, how to do that. And then what happens is people have a stockpile of these posts that they may even save on their phone, right? Or save on their Facebook and they're like, save it, save it. I'll go back to it later, right? We all know that we never go back to those things, even though we think that one day we might, right? They just sit there. And so we stockpile this information and then people don't even know where to go because they're just feeling overwhelmed. They're like, oh my gosh, I have this step over here. I have this step over here, I have that step over there. And they don't know what to do. And so they They don't know how it fits together and they feel overwhelmed and they just shut down and they don't move forward or they try one piece and it doesn't work because it was a band-aid solution. And they're like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And that you've just talked your, your potential buyer out of ever having an interest. So what we want to do is instead of creating and speaking at our people by pouring up that how-to content, we want to create community and speak with our people. And so we do that. A simple way of doing that is once a week, you can have a core piece of content. So like a weekly live stream, as an example, a weekly show, that's your core piece of content. And then from there, your whole content during the week is to ask what I call purposeful engagement questions to stimulate conversation around the topic of your training for that week. So Monica, do you want to give me an example of what might be a topic for training that you might do? Yes. So right now, um, the iOS 14 updates are rolling out with Apple and that's going to affect our ads and the tracking and the audiences and all of that. So that's one that's very top of mind right now. Love it. Okay. So let's say you're doing a training and it's like, you know, three steps to navigate through the new iOS updates, right? Something along the lines of that. So you're going to be speaking into that. So now we want to create conversation around it. So one question, let's say on Monday, you could say, how prepared do you feel to handle the changes that are coming with iOS 14? Right. And so it's Mm -hmm. just having people say like, oh, I'm not feeling ready at all. Or like, oh my gosh, I'm totally confused. I don't even know where to start. I'm scared. Like, so they're now starting to share the experience that they're having, which is helping you get into their hearts and their minds to understand where they're coming from. So that might be number day one, right? Like on a Monday, then day two, you might have a conversation about, so we've asked them how they feel. The next one is you might, maybe you're just speaking into, maybe it's talking about how do you think that you can prevent yourself from, because with all the algorithm changes as an example, right? What can you do to create a security blanket to keep you safe from algorithm changes on platforms? Name one thing. And you're having people drop in an example of what they think it might be, right? So you're just having people idea sharing. And so they might be sharing other ideas. So what this is going to do is it's going to help you uncover what alternatives they might think, right? What they might be thinking, okay, if I don't do this and I don't nail this, and what might be other alternatives that I can be using? The next day, 
you might want to say maybe the the third day you're talking about the one overlooked thing that most people don't know with iOS 14 coming, like the one overlooked thing. And you're just sharing one key piece of something like a, that they need to be aware of or that they, in reference to it. And then Thursday, you would do your training, like three steps to navigate through iOS 14 and, and you're inviting them to the topic. And then Friday, let's say you have a, just like a fun post that's not, not related to the topic, or maybe it's just a fun quote card or a fun meme or something celebratory or something fun. And so the whole week you've created conversation around that topic and it leads people to create demand for consuming that piece of content. I like that. So does that coordinate also with your external content? Like I've got the podcast and then the newsletter and social content is, are we kind of keeping in line with what we're sharing there? Or is this something that's totally different, totally unique to the Facebook group community? Yeah. I think that the more aligned that everything is, the easier it is for people to follow. The key piece to remember is that in your Facebook group, you can have kind of core piece of content, but most of what you have going on in the Facebook group is creating community conversation and connection around that topic. So let's say your core piece of content each week is the podcast. So if you, you know, depending on, you know, some people might stream their podcast into their Facebook group when they're going live as well. So they stream it into the group that becomes their core piece of content and all of their emails are going alongside with that. Another thing that you could do is, you know, the core piece of content is the podcast. And so inside of the, inside of the Facebook group is maybe going into more of the nuances, like building upon what was shared on the podcast. But yes, I definitely think you want to have alignment with the conversation and the topics inside of your group of what you're talking about elsewhere but just recognizing that you're asking the questions and you're inviting people to share and opening up that dialogue and conversation. Okay, cool. That sounds, that sounds great and very doable too, because you want to be promoting your content as well and who better, you know, to, to make aware of than the community that you're building on your Facebook group. Yeah. hundred percent. How do we use this to find our ideal clients and customers? Um, of course, you know, connections, lead to conversions. And so building the relationship, how do we present offers? Do you recommend using Facebook groups with launches? What about like an evergreen strategy? How best to utilize our Facebook group to let them know that we're here, we're building connection and we're offering free value, but we also have paid offers that you can, you know, if you're ready to take the next step, you can, you can join over here as well. How do we, how do we manage that? This is a really great question and thinking about it because oftentimes, sometimes we feel uncomfortable that we think that our free content that, you know, there's a distinction between our free content and, and where we're leading people or that they're two separate areas. And you want your free content to evoke demand and desire for your offer, right? For that invitation that you're going to make. And so throughout your content, you get to plant seeds, you get to drop seeds, you get to know, you know, in someone's inside my program or inside this, or as we do this, maybe it's done for you services or whatever it is that we teach, we want to be speaking into and dropping seeds as we're going through the content in there, right? Inside of, you know, XYZ program, we actually support our clients with this. Like we go into more detail. We're just kind of talking about like the overview here, but something that we go into a lot more detail. So you could constantly, you can be dropping those seeds and letting people know. And you also want to be making invitations for people to work with you, right? You can't, you can't expect sales to just happen on their own. So you want to be having calls to action. So whether that's calls to action on your core piece of content that week inside of your group, or you're calling people forward to book that call with you to sign up for your webinar or, or you know, whatever that might be, that entry point into your sales system that you're the way in which you're converting your leads to buyers, 
That's one way. Another way is really going through creating free experiences or launches inside of your group where you're running a five-day challenge and then you're presenting, going through a sales sequence on the end of that, or you're going through a three-part video series and then you're making an invitation for people to work with you. So you're giving opportunities for people to work with you. And when you're in that launch type style of content, if you're doing that style of content as you're going through it, you're really creating planting seeds and creating demand and desire for your paid offer. So just like we were talking about creating conversation around that core piece of content each week, you're doing the same thing on a bigger picture for creating that conversation and demand and desire for your paid offer by speaking to things that are relevant towards that and letting people know and making those invitations for people to be able to come work with you. Okay, cool. So I've seen you know, I've seen people do like a pop-up Facebook group during a launch and then they kind of archive it or shut it down afterward. Do you recommend then if we have our free Facebook group that we should be doing the launches in there or is there a need for these external pop-up Facebook groups? What are, what is your stance on that? I absolutely love pop-up Facebook groups. I think that you have to be at a certain level in your business to effectively use them. And so I always recommend that people start with having a Facebook group that is like a long-term Facebook group so that they can learn the skills of mastery. They can master the skills for growing their group, engaging their group and converting their group. Once you've reached a level of mastery for that, if you want to be using pop-up groups for your launches, then you're going to see a a significant increase in your conversions. And you can choose if you want to keep your long-term group or if you want to just have pop-up groups for your campaigns that you're running, which is fun. And I know that I've, you know, if you take a look at, we look at online, um, you know, and we're taking a look at like a Tony Robbins, for example, or you're looking at Russell Brunson, or you're looking at, uh, you know, bigger names, uh, uh, Gabby Bernstein as an example, right? When, uh, when they're doing a book launch, when they're launching their programs, they're using a Facebook group to be able to move people from that lead to buyer because that connection is going to convert. So hundred percent, I love pop-up groups to work alongside it. We've had many clients and students that have done it for their six figure, seven figure launches and, and helping them scale up and increase their conversions as a result of using that. And it's what I personally use in my business as well as using pop-up groups, but I don't recommend that people start from that if they haven't built their group first, because it takes time to develop the skill set to really say, okay, I know I can grow the group, engage the members and convert them. And once you've got that nailed down, then you have the opportunity to create that. And essentially a pop-up group, you guys, for those of you guys don't know, is a group that's open for only a short period of time to move alongside of your launch campaign. You bring people in that are interested in that topic or that, that sequence that you're doing, and then you close it down at the end. Okay. So both strategies can work, but if you're just starting out, start with a longer term building relationships in the free Facebook group and then explore the idea of pop-ups down the road as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what are some common mistakes that you've seen people make when trying to grow their group or sell in their groups? What are, what are some areas that we should be looking out for? Yeah. Mistakes. Let's, let's learn from them. Right. So we don't repeat them. <laughs> yes. I would say, <laughs> right. It's like shorten the learning curve. So, okay. There's a few mistakes I see people making. Number one, one of the biggest mistakes is thinking that and we've talked a little bit about this earlier is thinking that by pouring more information and focusing on really trying to get likes and comments, thinking that by giving more, it's going to generate more engagement and it actually kills the engagement. It's, it's not about 
pouring more at them. It's not speaking at them. It's speaking with them, right? We want to seek to understand versus seek to be understood. So we're using our group to create that community and that connection, the conversation going on versus just pouring information at people. So that's number one, big, big, big mistake that people make. And it's an absolute game changer. Second mistake that I see people making is that they look at engagement at their group based on people that are liking and commenting. And the reality is, is that if they're focused on that and people, it doesn't seem like people are as engaged and they stop and start with their content, they're breaking trust with those members of their group. And so it's important to know that we don't want to stop and start with our content and our true measure of engagement. You can find out in your group insights is not the number of people that the likes and comments, your true measure of engagement is people that are consuming your content. So that means people that are liking, they're commenting, they're clicking to read more. They're watching your videos, right? Those are the people that are active in your group. And you can find that out in your group insights. And people are often shocked at how many people might be lurking in the group and not necessarily outwardly commenting or sharing, but they're watching everything that you do. And if you're stopping and starting with your content that you know one's paying attention, those people that have been tuning in, that have been watching, that are potential buyers are uh, now have lost trust because there's been inconsistency with how you've shown up. So we want to make sure that we are focused on our active members. And yes, I know we all feel good when we have more likes and comments and asking more questions and creating that connection will provide that. But knowing that there's, if, if you like think, of, think about from this perspective, if you had a football team full of people and they all were playing quarterback, it wouldn't be a very good team, right? Right. And same goes with your group. Everyone has a different role. There's going to be some people that are likers, some people that are commenters. There's going to be some people that are like the cheerleaders cheering people on. There's going to be other people who are lurkers. There's going to be other people who are connectors that are connecting people together. So there's multiple different roles to play and we can't expect all of our members to fit the exact same role, but recognizing and acknowledging that they're going to have all of them that fit together is what creates that community. That's great. That's a great tip. So look at your insights because oftentimes what we see does not mean that more people aren't engaging. There are those lurkers who, you know, are loving it. Perhaps they're just not expressly stating it or commenting every time you post. So how can we, how can we better manage perhaps our, our content or our posting of the Facebook group to keep the engagement high and to be consistently showing up, but also to allow us the time to run our businesses with everything else that we've got going on. Is there, do you have systems strategies as far as how we can, you know, brainstorm the content or or schedule the post? How, what that, what does that look like a little bit? Yeah. So I like to look at it as when you're looking at your content every week, you're doing one pillar piece of content. And then you, every, all the other posts are creating conversation or around that pillar content, that one piece of pillar content. And so when you're planning out your content, you're actually just looking at, okay, like what's the topic for this week? You have your core piece of content that might be that live stream or that piece that you're doing. And then other than that, your post should be typically most of them should be maybe just one line questions or fill in the blanks where people are asking or are filling in the blanks to, in relation to that content, like the example that we were talking about earlier. So it's like, you know, how do you feel about this? And you're just inviting them to share. If I could just, 
you know, if I could just fill in the blank, if I could just get, have, be, do, have, whatever that might be what they want. If I could just lose X pounds, then I would be able to blank. What would they be able to do? So you're just creating conversation. So one core piece of content, the rest is just conversational pieces that are inviting people to be able to share. And when you're doing that, if you look at batching your content, right. And creating it all in one, if you look at your month, you're like, okay, all you need is four topics four key topics that you're going to do four things on and everything else is just those questions that are related to that topic. So it really doesn't need to take a lot of time to be creating your content inside of your Facebook group. When you're looking at that, you're just looking at four key topics. That's it. Love it. Okay. That makes it much simpler than what I know I'll get in my head about, Oh, I've got to do all of this. And then I've got to brainstorm all these posts. And I kind of get a little bit, you know, overwhelmed with all the ideas, but when you just think about your core content and just the supporting questions to create that conversation, that makes it so much simpler. So this has been fantastic, Christina. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. I'd love for you to share where people can learn more about you, um, join your Facebook group, and you know how can people stay in touch with you? The best place to be able to find me, shockingly, is going to be on Facebook. You can find <laughs> me at uh, Deliver Your Genius on Facebook. And I also have a special gift to share. Yes, please. Yeah. Awesome. That you guys can pick up as well. And so what I wanted to put together for you guys was something super special. So number one, we talked about, okay, we need to have that perfect name for your Facebook group. So there's a little grow your group bundle that I've put together for you guys. And the first thing you're going to get is a naming blueprint. So my fill in the blank template for creating that perfect name. The second thing that I put together for you guys is you want to create a perfect intro post. You want to introduce yourself in a way that like people are like, they, they, you're building credibility and you're building connection and you're you're like that you're a a human, a real human being. So you've got a perfect intro post on how to introduce yourself to your members of your group. This is something that I encourage you to do on a monthly basis to remind people, people forget as your group grows. And then the third piece of this is a five-part mini training on how to grow your group. So how do you actually start inviting members in? So we put together a little bundle for you guys. You guys can pick that up. It's the naming blueprint, the intro post, and then the five uh, little mini steps on growing your Facebook group. Love it. Okay. So where can we find that? So you can go to deliveryourgenius.com forward slash Monica to pick that up. So deliveryourgenius.com forward slash Monica. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes as well and finding you on Facebook as well. So thank you so much, Christina. This was fantastic. Great connecting with you. And thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Monica. So many great insights and tips and strategies for growing our Facebook groups and keeping engagement high. I absolutely loved chatting with Christina and I hope you did too. So thank you so much, Christina, for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey and wisdom with us. We covered so many ideas in this episode. I would love to hear your biggest takeaways. Share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 99 or tag Christina and me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and she is at Christina.Gentali. And you'll find all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 99, including the link to that amazing bundle that Christina shared with us at the end of the interview. She told me after we stopped recording that that's actually a paid offer and she's offering it to our audience today for free. So go grab that. You can find that at deliveryourgenius.com slash Monica. And again, all the links and resources are in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 99. 
So thank you so much for joining Christina and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. And the starter kit takes you through these six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you love a good checklist. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. All right. Once again, we'll have all the links and resources at monicalouie.com slash 99. And next week is our 100th episode. I can't believe we're already at episode 100. I hope you'll join me for next week's episode of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I've got something special coming your way for episode 100. So make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast in your favorite podcast app. So you'll be sure to receive next week's episode as soon as it comes out. All right. I will chat with you then. I will see you next week in episode 100. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. 